Welcome to the Soul Urge Podcast, a show for women who are fed up with listening to conventional wisdom that's just not working. Instead, you're ready to listen to your own inner voice and step more deeply toward what you really want. I'm your host, Certified Life Coach Jennifer Hooper. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Soul Urge Podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a moment to highlight last week's episode. Last week, my guest was Jen Benninger, CEO and co-founder of the Genius Unlocked Coaching Institute, and she came on and explained to us how we have four voices talking to us in our heads at all times, (laughs) the inner critic, the inner ego, the inner child, and our intuition. And if you missed that episode, please go back and listen, especially if you're one of those people who hear a lot of chatter in your heads, because she did such a good job of explaining how each voice has a purpose. Yes, even the ones that tell you you're not good enough, you're an imposter or a failure. And uh, But more importantly, how to turn down the volume of those voices and really amplify the fourth voice, which is your intuition. So I highly recommend it. It's episode 10 called Defeating Self-Talk. And I also have episode seven with Emma Moore called Using Your Intuition for Your Highest Good, which is obviously about intuition, which is what we're talking about today too. We're going to extend the conversation even deeper. But to get those episodes, go over to the soulurgepodcast.com. You'll find those episodes and more. And I would love it if you'd also leave a review while you're there so other people can learn what you're getting out of this podcast. Today, finally diving into today's episode, my guest is Rachel Bailey. Rachel is a master certified NLP coach and trainer and another one of my many coaches, trainers, and mentors at Genius Unlocked. And uh, we're going to be taking a deeper dive into intuition. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Jen. I realized I'm waving and no one can see me. So I I'm We're waving to each other. I saw you smiling when I was reading the introduction <laughs> or nodding. Yes, those yes. four voices. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes, nodding, smiling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And you and I have talked a lot about intuition and um, offline, I know you've shared with me how you how not listening to your intuition for most of your life really negatively impacted you personally. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could share some of that story with our listeners here. Absolutely. Well, I to take it all the way back to when I was in high school and college, I didn't know what intuition was. I really grew up in a home that explained right and wrong. So I had a moral code of like right versus wrong, but that is all that I had. So I didn't know what choices to make if there wasn't a clear black and white answer, a right choice or a wrong choice. And that for me led to a lot of blocks in my life. I don't know. Can you relate to that, Jennifer? Like before you had intuition, did you struggle with right versus wrong? Oh, I always did the right thing. Like I knew my map was already laid out for me. There was high school, like prep school, then college, then 
marriage, then family and career was in there too. And there was no other path that was the path. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So that is exactly what I'm talking about. So I had this idea of there's a right way to live your life and a wrong way to live your life. And sometimes it's like obvious things like don't murder, right? But then when it came time to making individual choices for myself, and there was no right or wrong moral compass, I became completely stuck. So to give you an example of this, when it came time to pick a college, I mean, that was a nightmare experience for me because I just wanted to know what is the right thing for me to do, what is the right school for me. And I was presented with all of these different options and all of these different choices, which sounds like such a blessing. Like when I say this out loud, I'm like, oh, great problem to have. But I really <laughs> felt stuck. I'm like, I it would keep me up at night because I didn't know. I didn't understand how to listen to myself. I didn't understand how to make decisions based on more information than just right versus wrong. So for me, I literally basically flipped a coin to decide for me what college to go to. And I went to, uh, it doesn't really matter what school I went to because there's nothing against the school that I went to. It just, it really wasn't a good fit for me because I didn't use my intuition. I just used, well, this is what chance says that I should do. I should go to this school. And I went to a school, a pretty good school, and I felt like a complete fish out of water. They just were not my people. It was not my community. I went to a huge party school, like think top, you know, party school in the country. That's where I ended up at. And that wasn't me. That wasn't my lifestyle. I didn't fit in. I had a really hard time making friends. And then from then on, it was like, I went undeclared. So that was one of the reasons why I chose that school. It was like, they let me go undeclared. Whereas other schools, I had gotten into Cal Poly, but they wanted me to declare. And I'm like, I have no idea. Uh, I can't go now. I, I, that's not the right choice for me because I, I don't know what I want to do. So when I got into school, that was another reason where I really needed my intuition. I needed to go inside and ask myself, what do I want to do with my life? What would really light me up? What would really fulfill me? What would really bring me joy? And at that time, the only thing I could think of was being an entrepreneur. That is the only thing that appealed to me. No kidding. Even back in college. Oh, yeah. I mean, even oh, before that. that about you. Yes. When I was, I remember in high school reading about entrepreneurs during the Industrial Revolution and being like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. Wow. I wish I could do something like that. And then that was kind of the end of the conversation. <laughs> in my head. Wow. That's so funny because I have like a similar story and around the same time in my life, I went to a business school, but they didn't offer entrepreneurship. I didn't really know a lot about entrepreneurship at the time, but I, I thought I wanted to be an accountant. Yes. And then I took an accounting class. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> quite frankly. Like, this uh. is awful. But I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm at the school that I like and I have my friends. What am I going to do instead. And there was, I didn't want to do finance. I didn't want to do economics. I didn't want to do anything. So I took the most general thing I could, which was business communication. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do, but if I can communicate, I guess that's going to apply to anything, right? That's good. But then the competing business school, Babson, had something called entrepreneurship. I'm like, ooh, 
what's that? That sounds really cool. And I wanted to know more about it, but I didn't have the courage. I didn't wow. have the courage to look into it and switch schools. Wow. So we, we share that little entrepreneurship bug at you know that time of our lives. That's funny. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting because I'm like, if I would have just listened to myself, man, how much pain and time would that have saved me? <laughs> no, oh, really. Right. But we're getting there. So when it came time to declare a major in college, instead of going inside and listening to myself, I started asking everybody else, hey, what do you think I should do? Hey, what do you think I should do? Hey, what do you think I should do? I mean, I literally just asked anyone and everyone. People that didn't know me, hey, what do you think I should do with my life? They were like, um, <laughs> I don't know you. The frat guys at the parties. Hey, what do you think I should do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so what it came down to for me was an, an English teacher, and I actually I changed my major. This is important. I changed my major about four times because I would declare a major and think, well, this is going to be great. So I'm going to do this. And then I would go and I'd get an opinion on it. Hey, I just declared a Spanish major. And I was expecting the other person to be like, oh my gosh, that is great. Hello, you live in California. What an ingenious major. You should do that. And instead I would get not that reaction. I would get like, that's a really weird major. What are you going to do with that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I should change my major. So I changed my major about three or four times. And finally, I had an English teacher that came up to me after class one day and was like, Rachel, I want to talk to you about this paper that you submitted. It was amazing. It was really great. I want to go and I want to get it published in this magazine. Is that okay with you? And I was like, what? Cool. Maybe I should just major in English because I'm good at it and it's easy for me. And that's how I decided what to do. Had nothing to do with whether it lit you up inside. No, it was because it was easy and I got some recognition for it. And I thought, well, I'll be able to do something with this, even if it's just being an English teacher or because I didn't know, am I going to be an editor, a journalist? I I didn't know that much, but I knew this is easy for me. I can get through the next four years and basically coast. I mean, talk about... (laughs) Where was my head at at that time? So that was the major I picked for myself. And fast forward four years of kind of coasting. I mean, I enjoyed reading and writing, yet it wasn't the thing that really lit me up. The thing that really lit me up were things that I was like, I just don't know how to make a career out of this. Like, for example, um, ice skating. I was really, really good at ice skating. I loved it. I'd been doing it all my life, but I just didn't see a pathway. I didn't listen to myself and other people were like, you can't do anything with that. So I believed them. Kind of like Spanish. You can't do anything <laughs> with ice skating either, Rachel. <laughs> exactly. Like, And it's so interesting because now I look at that and I'm like, you could have done anything you wanted, but whatever. So really just the point that I'm trying to make is the outside voices And I know Jen talked a lot last week about inside voices. For me, it was both. I would hear that external voice of like, are Mm -hmm. you sure? Yeah. I had a lot of that too. I cared a lot about what my parents thought and what they said. Right. And and so it was like- Parents and teachers. And it would ignite the inner voices inside. It was kind of like this perpetual cycle. Like I would hear something outside would be a direct reflection of what was going on inside. It's like, oh, maybe that's not a good idea, right? Inner critic. Mm-hmm. Or 
you know, that's not, right. that's going to be not a good decision for me, right? That's unsafe inner child. And so hearing the external voices was literally just what was going on inside. And I had no gauge to be able to say, actually, they're wrong. This is right for me. They don't know what they're talking about. I had didn't even understand that that was an option for me. So I got to the end of my college years. And because I had declared my major for something that was super easy to me, but I relatively had no desire, no passion, no clear vision, I just kind of fell backwards into teaching because it was the only, again, is the only thing that made sense to me that other people were like, oh, that's a good choice for you. That's such a good career, blah, blah, blah. So again, I'm like, okay. So I went to another two years of a credential program. Well, when I got out, I just kind of realized, I kind of woke up one day after teaching for a couple of years. What am I doing with my life? How did I get here? I'm not really loving this at all. I mean, in fact, I would say most days were like a grind. They were a drudgery. Mm. And I came to this point in my life, luckily at a young enough age, but I I don't think that that matters though. I think you could always make a, a time for change. I just, it happened relatively quickly. I, three years into my career was like, I got to get out. I just, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like I am miserable. I don't know how I got here. I just kind of was on autopilot my whole entire life. And now here I am. And what's interesting, Jen, and you can definitely testify to this too, is our clients will come to us and say this all the time. I've been on autopilot. I don't know how I got here. I don't love my life. I just kind of ended up here one day. I have also been there, done that, working in corporate (laughs) and like, you know, to some people on the outside, I had some of the best jobs in the world working at a university with great benefits and a consistent salary. And I walked away from that because I was so unhappy. And I remember one friend in particular, just she could not wrap her head around that. Like, who cares if you're happy or not? If you've got the benefits and you've got the salary, how could you walk away? Or another time when I, you know, I worked 30 hours a week from home in Maine and I had a Boston salary and they didn't know what I was doing half the time, but I always got the work done. (laughs) So it was a really amazing job to a lot of people, but I wasn't happy. Right. So I totally understand exactly where you were at. Exactly. And that that brings me to kind of one of the final shifts in my career before I fully went into entrepreneurship was because I was so unhappy as an English teacher, I thought, well, this is just just this is just the subject I'm teaching. So I actually went out and got a second teaching credential in art and changed from the English classroom to the art classroom because I thought, how fun. This will be different. I won't have papers to grade anymore. This will be the right avenue. Again, right. This right. will be the right avenue for me. And it'll be an easy transition because once you have a credential to add on a second is a relatively easy process, mm-hmm. at least in California. So I added on the second credential. I got an, uh, an art teaching job. And again, same thing, Jennifer. Like people were like, oh my gosh, you're an art teacher. How fun. <laughs> that is just so fun. And I'm like, is it? No idea. <laughs> Where's the fun? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, why don't you take a bunch of paint supplies and lock yourself in a room oh with gosh. 36 graders 
Wow. And see how fun it is. <laughs> That's Do awesome. that yeah. for a week and come back and tell me how fun it is. So I changed again. I shifted again. And I was like, this is still not the thing for me. And it was frustrating because I was like dying on the inside. Like I hated my life. I would get up and go to work and I'd be crying during my commute, literally. Oh my gosh. And when I would try to talk to people about how miserable I was, it was the same kinds of conversations. Oh my gosh, but you have summers off and you're off at 3.30 and you're, that's great. And you've got benefits and pension and they just... That just did not speak to me. I don't care about any of that. I'm unhappy. I can't live the rest of my life like this for a carrot at the end of a 40-year journey with my career. Oh, my God. I'm right there with you. (laughs) So finally, when I came to a head in my career, I had tried finding a way out. I had started with MLM. And I was like, that lit me up for a really long time because it was it was entrepreneurship. It was a safe way to do entrepreneurship. Like, um, And I say that with the utmost respect for MLM. It is a safe way to do entrepreneurship because you have the structure. You have the CEOs that, you, that tell you what to do and how to do it. So it's not like it's 100% on you to just make it up every day. You have a guidebook kind of. And that was the best for me. I really needed that structure at that time in my life. So I went through a couple years of building MLM on the side while I was teaching, thinking like, this is it. Like, this is the thing that's going to be my outdoor. Like, this is going to help me get out, basically. And then what ended up happening was, again, I thought I had found the thing because it was technically under the right umbrella. Again, that word right. It was entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It was safe entrepreneurship. So I was like, this is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really calmed my inner critic, my inner ego, and my inner child because mm-hmm. it felt safe to me. And because I was doing it at the same time that I was working, it was also safe because if I had a bad month, it didn't matter. I still had income coming in. Right. So the problem was that I had done that for – gosh, three years, I think I was building that and working full time. And I just burnt myself out. I was extremely, oh, I bet. yeah, extremely burnt. I became, I started to become kind of bitter. It came to the point where I was so miserable doing both that I stopped inviting people to join my MLM business because I was like, don't do it. It's horrible. The thing is, it wasn't the MLM. It was me. I didn't know how to make a way where there was no way. When you go from working a nine to five and making the quote unquote right decisions your whole entire life to I'm ready to go against the status quo. I'm ready to quit my job. I'm ready to do my own thing. Your inner ego, inner critic, and inner child will will turn the volume up on you. Oh, yeah. And I know Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Mm. And you feel free to share too. For me, it was like my inner critic was like, are you dumb? You're going to leave the safety of this job to go do something that you could fail at. That is the dumbest thing you could ever do. My inner child was like, you need the safety here. You need to continue to do both until you feel ready. Well, there's no such thing. Sorry to burst right. your bubble early, but there is no such thing as, okay, now I'm ready. Um, And then my inner ego 
was all over the place. I had ego at being a teacher. I had ego at being an art teacher. It felt good to my ego to say, oh yeah, everyone on campus knows who I am. Oh yeah, this MLM is great. I'm doing an amazing job. I'm hitting my numbers every month. So my ego was holding me back actually because my ego was happy. And that can happen sometimes too with people. So I'd love to hear from you, Jen, when you were getting ready to make like a big life transition, what were some of the things your inner critic, inner child and inner ego were saying to you? Yeah. What's coming up for me is I remember the time when I finally decided to leave that last corporate job and do my own thing. And I wanted to be a coach. And at the time I wanted to be a health coach. This was before I transitioned to life coaching. But the only way that I could survive, like I don't necessarily recommend doing it this way, but I did cold turkey. I'm like, I cannot work here anymore. There was a Friday, a particular meeting that I got very frustrated, probably angry at, and I wanted to quit on the spot. And I decided, give yourself the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I did, but I did give my two-week notice that following Monday, and then I had no safety net. I had no regular income coming in. And the only way for me to bridge the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be, having my own business, being an entrepreneur, being my own boss, was to withdraw funds from my retirement account. Wow. And my inner critic went wild and crazy. Because remember, I went to business school. You never take money out of retirement, ever. That's for the future. That's investing. That's the smart thing to do. So to right. do that in my inner critic's mind was wrong and yeah. I was bad and it was not the right thing to do. Totally right. remember that. Absolutely. Yes. is exactly what I'm talking about. And so to bring it, like, what was I saying before when I was saying I only saw right and wrong is when you tap into your intuition your intuition shows you that there's not just two paths and one is right and one is wrong. Your intuition shows you that actually there are a lot of really good choices. There are a lot of really great choices for your life. And it doesn't have to be what anybody else thinks it's supposed to be. It doesn't have to be how you were raised. It doesn't have to be the societal norms. It can be I'm going to go in this direction because I know in my intuition that this is going to work out for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realize what I was missing. So to take it back to, I was an art teacher. I was dealing with wanting to leave. I was building this MLM on the side as my back way out. And I came to this place where I was like, I can't, I cannot keep up with my own lifestyle anymore. I just can't. That is when I started seeking for coaching. Somebody's got to help me, right? And I was I would listen to business podcasts and and things like that. And I remember on one episode that I was listening to, one of the tips was to hire a business coach. So I had never done that before. I had never taken my business to that level. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. Maybe what I need to do is hire a business coach and the business coach will help me figure out this entrepreneurship so I could do it full time. Because I was really more like dabbling in it on the side. I started researching for looking for business coaches and I came across this company. This is so funny. It's so kinsman. It was supposed to be from the very beginning. I came to this business website that was both a business training school 
and a life coaching company at the same time. Actually, very much like how Genius Unlocked is structured because Genius Unlocked does both of these things as well. But it wasn't Genius Unlocked. It was a different company. And I signed up for their business accelerator program, which was a six-month program that was going to basically teach me the ins and outs of increasing my income in my business. Well, in that program, I would say probably two months in, I saw my income triple in my MLM. And, Amazing. And it was like, why haven't I done this coaching thing before? <laughs> like, <laughs> banging my head against the wall for years, right? And then it, in two months, I tripled my income. It's so funny because I look back at that now and I'm like, it just was, it was just meant to be because some people would have had that experience and ran with it and built their MLM to stardom and lived on that for the rest of their life and been happy. Mm -hmm. Yet for the first time in my life, some of the things that I was learning from the business coaches was to listen to my intuition, to listen to what I really wanted to do, what would fulfill me. And that is when I got this hit, like, actually, I'm supposed to be life coaching. And the reason this happened is because there was a lot of overlap because this is one company there was a lot mm-hmm. of overlap between the business courses and the life coaching courses. So some of the classes that you would go to would have both business students and life coaching students in them. And in mingling with the life coaches and listening to the questions that they were asking and kind of looking from afar of what they were doing, I kind of got envious. I was like, wow, I actually, that looks really cool. That looks really fun. And I started to explore it more and more. I started to reach out to those life coaches and ask them, like, what are you guys doing over there? Like, what's your coursework look like? (laughs) Um, It's so funny because finally I started to make it in my MLM. And that's when I realized I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do life coaching. And for the first time in my life, I listened to my intuition and I was like, I'm not going to do the quote unquote right thing. I'm not going to do what I think is the best idea. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I called up the administration office of this uh, company. And I said, is there any way I can switch tracks from the business course to the life coaching course? And they said yes. And they changed my whole entire plan. And I switched schools in like month two. Yeah. So I ended up in this light, like random, I mean, I say the word random, but I know God had my back the whole time. You could call it the universe. Some people call it the universe. For me, it's God. God was like "Er," guiding and directing me the whole entire time because I had no idea what I was doing. Like why that, why that company, (laughs) why that school, what's going on? I feel like finally God was like, and. I'm going to help you out because you've been struggling with this for forever. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, right. And put me on the path. So when you first started learning about your intuition, do you remember, can you remember back to that time what you were first thinking about? What do you mean intuition? I don't have one. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I have one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I had Jen on my podcast and we talked a little bit about the resistance that came up for me at that time. I remember getting headaches every single day that I went to class. And this will happen when your neurology is growing. Your brain starts to have a paradigm shift and starts to see the world differently. It can physically hurt. And I remember that I was being taught these things, right? Like 
actually, what if, now I'm not talking about morally, okay? Mm -hmm. Morally, we have a moral code, we have laws, we have right and wrong morally and ethically. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about trying on this idea that there's no quote unquote right path for you, that you have hundreds, if not thousands of choices that you get to pick and you get to be the author and creator in your own life, right? That hurt my brain. And I remember hearing these things like go inside, find the answer, create the life that you want. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) Man, my head is going to explode. So I, yes, I did not understand. I did not understand because all I had was right, wrong. And now this new idea of, well, there's right, there's wrong morally. We're talking about the your brain having an inner critic, an inner child, an inner ego that are making choices for you to keep you safe. Right. And you have this intuition that wants to make you big. Mm. And that for me completely changed my life, that one concept. Because when I started to realize, oh, and, and you'll practice this. When you come and you get a life coach, they'll have you practice these things where you get to practice that is the voice that wants to make me small. What is the purpose of telling me that I'm going to fail? You lean in, you listen, and then you're like, okay, now label that voice. Which one is it? That's right. Right? And then you have to go, okay, well, if that's my inner critic, what is my intuition saying? And then you have to practice leaning into that voice of like the voice that wants to make me big. What does that sound like? What does that feel like? What is that telling me? I had to practice that a lot. Jennifer, because I was like completely not tuned in at all to my intuition. And once I started to practice, that's when my intuition got louder and louder and louder. And I know you can attest to the same thing in your life. Oh, I'm still practicing. I mean, every day I write down any of the negative thoughts and emotions that are coming up for me in my mind and ask, well, what can I learn from this? What do I want instead? What can I learn? What do I need to know? And it's an incredible journey. It is effort, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because it is amplifying that intuitive voice. And it knows that it's there for us. It knows, I mean, like Jen always says, it always has our highest good in mind. It's always there for us. Exactly. And, you know, when when we're describing intuition, the reason why... For, the, for people who are listening who are like, well, just tell me what it is, what it sounds like, what it feels like. Just give me that answer. We can't because it's going to be different inside your head and inside your body than it is for me. They have in, in NLP coaching, right? There's your, some people are really high auditory, which means inside their head, they hear their voices differently. And that's me. I'm a very high auditory. So the sound that my intuition makes sounds different than the sound of my inner critic. Now, Jen, I wanted to ask you, what's your preference, uh, your VACOG preference? I'm more of a feeler and a knower. Okay. And it's so funny because I know I've sent you in the past long emails or long messages and you're like, can we just talk? (laughs) Can you just tell me? I'm so auditory. (laughs) Like, oh, I got to remember that she's auditory. (laughs) Yes, I want to hear. I want to hear the inflection in your voice. That's I want right. to hear that sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. but for me, my intuition is more of a, just a, a feeling or a knowing. Like things pop in out of nowhere sometimes. I'm like, well, that was weird. 
like here's an example. Three days before Christmas, I was just quietly sitting in the early morning and a picture of a of a dog floated in and a dog floated out and it had like a circle around its its eye. And I got this really amazing sensation in my body about that. I'm like, that's weird. I don't know what <laughs> like but it kind of floated in and it floated out. And then two days later, there was a picture of a dog that needed a home. It was Christmas Eve day. And it was a white dog with a black circle around its eye. And I was like, wow. oh, man, cool. cool. <laughs> so I guess in that example, it was both visual and feeling. Yes. But a lot of times I just I just know what's right to do or what's right for me. Right. Exactly. And this is what I'm saying is it's not that we can't give you any idea. It's that it's going to look a little bit different for people that are really high auditory. You're going to hear your intuition going to sound different for people that are visual. You're going to see symbols and you're going to um, imagine things and you're just going to see these visual representations of, oh, this is my intuition talking to me. And then for other people, it's a feeling like, Jen Ben always says, oh my gosh, full body chills, right? She's such a fool. Right, right. I get a lot of those. <laughs> That's what I mean by sensations in my body. Yes, like that full body chills or like a rush or you you get lit up in on the inside physically. That would be like a physical feeling or an emotional feeling would be like, I just feel that this is the best choice for me and I, I don't have a reason. There's no logic behind it. It's a feeling. For other people, it's just a knowing. It's just like... I just know that I know that I know that I'm supposed to do this. And so when it comes down to boiling down, like what is your intuition? It is your unconscious mind talking to you. And that could be in a variety of different ways. And for my, my really spiritual people or my people who are connected to God, I get this question a lot. Like, well then isn't that God? Like, what is the difference? I'm hearing from God. God's the author and perfecter of my life. And then there's me and there's all these voices in my head. Like what is the difference? And I would say that God, the universe, whatever your word for God is, God wants to be a co-creator with you in your life. And so what will happen is it sometimes is God talking to you. And sometimes it's you talking to God. It's like this co-creative, co-collaborative type relationship where if you're not getting an answer from God, like when with me and my schools, I was praying, what school am I supposed mm. to go to? Well, there was no supposed to. So that's why I didn't get an answer. <laughs> because sometimes right. God just wants us to pick. Like what would make you happy? <laughs> what do you want to do, right? right. <laughs> and I finally got it when I was dating my husband. I was praying about it, praying about it, praying like, is this the quote unquote, is this the right person for me? And I never heard from God about whether or not this was quote unquote, the right person for me. And finally, I just had to go, you know what? This is what I want. This is what I believe. I'm looking at our relationship. It looks good. It's we're, you know, we're a godly couple together this is what I want for my life. And if God didn't want that for my life, he would tell me, you know? So it's both. You, God talks to you and there are times when you are called to just make a decision for your life. And that's when you have to go inside and listen to your unconscious mind as like, okay, what do I want to do? What is the best decision for me? And how are we going to do this? I love it. I realized I left out a, 
piece of the story about the dog yeah, okay. <laughs> that came into yeah. my mind. Yes, <laughs> so I had been looking for a dog and I had tried out a dog like foster to adopt that hadn't worked out and I had just kind of given up. So then this, I had this vision or this intuitive hit, I guess, of a dog. It floated in, it floated out. Then this picture of the dog on Instagram showed up and we adopted the dog and we have it now. And he's the perfect dog, like the perfect dog. Like he doesn't bark. He doesn't pull. He doesn't jump. He doesn't get on the furniture. He's loving. He's happy. So it was, it's just like, it was the most perfect intuitive hit that it came in and then it, it like in the spiritual, I guess, and then came into the physical and now we still have the dog. Yeah. So. Anyway, I love that story. I love it. Yeah. And that's what I mean by there's no right decision. Like I, it's my belief that God doesn't have like a Jennifer, you should adopt this dog. And yet it's more like, Hey, this could be fun. This could be fulfilling for my family. I want to do this. That is freedom. Mm -hmm. That is not a command. So that's what I'm saying by it's both. It's, there's the spiritual and then there's going inside and listening to the physical, which is the brain and the four voices in your That's brain. Right. Yeah. Cause the other side of this story is that we found out as soon as almost as soon as we adopted him, that he has cancer and not long to live, but it makes me feel so good to know that he is living out the best portion of his life. He was a stray. He was living in poverty in Mexico. And now he's fed every day. He has a warm bed. He's loved. And even if he's here for a short period of time, I'm getting such a good experience out of this creature, which is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love dogs. I know. <laughs> I used to not be a dog person, which is interesting, but anyway, so Rachel, how has your life changed? What's going on now and how can people find you and connect with you? Tell us all the things. Oh yeah. Okay. Great question. So kind of like to speed through the end of the story, I, once I found this life coaching company and got certified, it took me a probably after getting certified, I think it took me another year and a half before I was like, now's the time. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. This is the time for me to leave. And I, it wasn't the quote unquote right time. I mm-hmm. left in the middle of the school year. No kidding. Yeah. And yet I knew this is the time that I am supposed to leave. Screw the whole, this is not socially the right thing to do. This is what I am meant to do. I am meant to leave now. And so I put in my resignation halfway through the school year. Um, I got approved to basically end my contract early and I left and and started my own coaching company. Well, I, I kind of had one already, but I went full time into my coaching company and as luck would have it, came full circle and reconnected with Jen Benninger and Carson Cooper, who now are the CEOs and founders of Genius Unlocked. So I do very much both. And people ask me this all the time. How do you do both? Well, I'm a life coach in my own company, which is Life Coach in Your Pocket. And um, people can find me on podcasts. I have a podcast called Life Coach in Your Pocket. My website is coachrachelbailey.com. That's where I take clients through my own coaching business. And 
I'm a director at Genius Unlocked Coaching Institute. I'm an independent contractor for that company. Um, when, when Jen and Carson get overbooked with their clients, they outsource them to my coaching company, which is me. Um, and we have a very, we have an amazing partnership. So I do both. And um, anyways, if people are looking for me, I would recommend that you follow me on Instagram. It's just Coach Rachel Bailey, all one word on Instagram. You'll find me there. And I, I post updates about what's going on and who, I, who I'm helping, how I'm helping them and what episodes are coming out on my podcast. So that's like a great place to just connect. Yeah. Or you can check me out on my website. Yeah. And then before we close down this episode, um, both Rachel and I are going to be coaching some intuition training in the middle of March. And it's if you are interested in taking your intuition deeper, like both Rachel and I have, this is the perfect training for you. It's probably your next best step. It's going to be March 12th through 16th. And the training includes a lot. You get a daily webinar for five days. That's 90 minutes long. You also get three one-on-one coaching calls with someone like Rachel, someone like me. You get daily meditations, you get activities, and you are going to turn up the volume of your intuition more than you ever knew was possible in just an incredibly short period of time. The recordings are live. The recordings are recorded. I mean, the webinars are live and recorded, so you can watch either one. And Rachel, I think the value, I think I've heard Jen say the value is about $750. Would you agree? Oh, I would absolutely agree with that because it's not only, so just explain the value of what people are going to get. So you do get the five webinars, which we said are 90 minutes. You also get coaching calls, which if you go to my website, you go to Jennifer's website, you see, you can see how much coaching costs. Well, it's included. You get three coaching calls with us during this challenge with one of us. Um, And you also are given meditations that you can listen to either while you sleep or while you're resting um, to just help you tap into your intuition more. And you also are going to get inspired action steps and activities to help you connect with your intuition, learning more about what it is, learning how to turn down the volume of your inner critic, inner ego, and inner child so you can continue to make the best decisions for your life. So, yes, I would absolutely agree. $750 is minimum a, of the value. Good value. <laughs> yeah. yeah, minimum value. I would say yeah. minimum. The cost is only $37, and you get all of that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's kind of a no-brainer, especially even if you're just like, I'm just interested in coaching. Like, I would like to experience coaching or I would like to meet Jennifer or meet Rachel. Uh, $37, you're going to get way more than that. So come come and hang out with us for five days. Yeah. It's super fun. Super fun. There was something else I wanted to say about it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's being hosted by Genius Unlocked, who has trained Rachel and I. We both have, we both coach clients for them and for ourselves. And we wouldn't be doing this if their work wasn't absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Anything to add, Rachel? Um, I would just say that 
their time to sign up is now because if you're listening to this when it's published, you have just about three or four days to sign up for the live version to catch us live, which is the one I would recommend because you get to interact in the chat and ask your trainers live questions. If you miss this and you're listening to this recording a week later, don't even worry about that because you could still sign up. You're just going to be signing up and doing the recorded version of the challenge. Yet, if you are listening to this at the time of publication, sign up now and you'll see you're going to connect with us live. Amazing. That's a good point. If you hear this episode after, you can still sign up. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. I love you. I love hearing your story. I love seeing you every week yeah. <laughs> in the Genius Unlock community. Yeah. Thank you. We'll put in the show notes all of your contact information, your Instagram, your website. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me as a guest. I I love what you're doing. I love your message. And I'm so happy that I get to be a part of it. I know. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Jennifer Hooper, for this episode of the Soul Urge podcast. To view the complete show notes from today's episode, please visit soulurgepodcast.com. But before you go, make sure you subscribe to get updates on all new episodes. And last, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to let other listeners know about it. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back next week.